Section 67 of the Lives of the Most Remarkable Criminals Who Have Been Condemned and Executed for Murder, the Highway, Housebreaking, Street Robberies, Coining, or Other Offenses, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dale Grothman. Lives of the Most Remarkable Criminals Who Have Been Condemned and Executed, Volume 1. Edited by Arthur L. Hayward. Section 67. The Life of William Lipsat, a Thief. William Lipsat was the son of a person at Dublin, in very tolerable circumstances, which he strained to the utmost to give this lad a tolerable education. When he had acquired this, he sent him over to an uncle of his in Stockton, in Worcestershire, where he lived with more indulgence than ever when at home, his uncle having no children, and behaving to him with all the tenderness of a parent. However, on some little difference, the boy having long had an inclination to see this great city of London, he took that occasion to go away from his uncle, and accordingly came down to town and was employed in the service of one Mr. Kelway. He had not been long there before he received a letter from his father, entreating him to return to Dublin with all the speed he was able. The letter was soon followed by another, which not only desired, but commanded him to come back to Ireland. He was not troubled at thinking of the voyage and going home to his friends, but he was very desirous of carrying money over with him to make a figure amongst his relations, which, not knowing how to get, he at last bethought himself of stealing it from a place where he knew it lay. After several struggles with himself, vanity prevailed, and he accordingly went and took away the things, viz. fifty-seven guineas and a half, twenty-five caroluses, five jacobuses, three moidoras six pieces of silver two purses valued at twelve pence these as he said would make his journey pleasant and his reception welcome which was the reason he took them the evidence was very dear and direct against him so that the jury found him guilty without hesitation from the day of his condemnation to the day he died he neither affected to extenuate his crime, nor reflect, as some are apt to do, on the cruelty of the prosecutors, witnesses, or the court that condemned him. So far from it, that he always acknowledged the justice of his sentence, seemed grieved only for the greatness of his sin, and the affliction of the punishment of it would bring upon his relations, who had hitherto always borne the best of characters, though by his failing, they were now like to be stigmatized with the most infamous crimes. However, since his grief came now too late, he resolved as much as he was able to keep such thoughts out of his head, and apply himself to what more nearly concerned him, and for which all the little time he had was rather too short. In a word, in his condition, none behaved with more gravity, or, to the outward appearance, with more penitence than this criminal did. He suffered with the same resignation which had appeared in everything he did, 
from the time of his condemnation on the first of february seventeen twenty four five with the before-mentioned malefactors being then scarce eighteen years of age carolus was a gold coin of charles one worth twenty to twenty three shillings a jacobus coined by james first was of the same value the moidor was worth about twenty seven shillings and of section sixty seven